picture can be found of the front of your bulletin or the, one of the monitors. It comes from the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, chapter 2, verses 10 to 12, chapter 3, verses 3 to 14. Then David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Solomon's Prayer for Wisdom Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David. Only he sacrificed and offered incense at high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you, and you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David because he walked before you in faithfulness. Uh, and you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O oh Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I'm only a, child, a little child, I do not know how to, come, how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Building relationships. One of the ways we do that is by making available church council recordings. Wayne's going to have to teach me an entire foreign language. I'm sure they're not called recordings anymore. But that's one way we can keep in touch with each other. What we're going to see today, however, is that the greatest relationship upon which all the others are built is our relationship with God. You know, the service 
I mean, the, the church council will be not live streamed, but it will be recorded or whatever Wayne calls that. And then it will be made available and we shall see the work of the church for ourselves. There's a relationship in that. But why do we do what we do? That's the foundation. Our love for God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you want a relationship with us. That your Bible your word, your spirit tells us that we are a delight to your heart. Help us believe what you say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In so many churches, this is what happens. You walk into a building... And someone hands you a bulletin. You sit in a chair or a pew. You sing a few songs. Someone reads from the Bible. Someone brings a message. Maybe a solo is sung. A prayer is prayed. You go home or you go out to lunch. Sound familiar? For some churches, their greatest evangelism message is, Hi, we're glad you're here. Here's your bulletin. We'll get you out in an hour. Come back next week. Really? Is that the church of the New Testament book of Acts where people are living the words of Jesus? You shall receive power. You shall be my witnesses. And such power is not reserved for the New Testament. Today, we hear how Solomon received power directly from the Lord. Why? Because he was faithful. He wasn't a part-time disciple serving a full-time God. His greatest desire, the focus of his life, was to please God, to serve God, reminding us again that we get God's results by doing things God's way. By living our lives God's way, according to God's rules. Verse 5 says that at Gibeon, Gibeon was one of the high places. That's what it's referred to in scripture. That's where everybody went if you worshipped everything from a goat or a dog or a lamb to a tree to a rock. To the Lord God Almighty, that's where you went to offer a sacrifice. And it tells us the Lord's not happy with that. God was not pleased that Solomon would kind of lump him in with everybody else. And yet, God 
comes in that place. There's a great sermon right there. In a place where you shouldn't expect God. In a place where you might not be looking for God. In a place of confusion. In a place where other things are worshipped besides the Lord. All of a sudden, God comes in that place in your life and mine and mine. Verse 5, the Lord came to Solomon at Gibeon during the night in a dream. Now, you and I might know more about dreams than we think we do. What's going to happen if we eat spicy food right before going to bed? We know, don't we? What's going to happen if we eat a big meal or a diet loaded down with sugar? or take certain medications, or we watch something really scary. I like that last one. I make sure Sissy watches something scary. She's going to be right next to me all night long. I'm okay with that, because I know what's going to happen. We know. Some people dream in color. Some people dream in black and white. The most vivid dream I ever had was a combination of both. And maybe I had taken way too many art classes, but the black and white was the depressing part of the dream. The color was the joy, the happiness, the delight part of the dream. Most people only remember snippets of their dreams if they remember anything at all. We know. We know all these things. But do we know how important dreams are in the Bible? The book of Genesis is full of people who had God's dreams. Abraham, Jacob. King Abimelech, Laban, Joseph. Y'all know Joseph had dreams. The baker, the butler, I feel like saying the candlestick maker. They all had dreams, even Pharaoh. Do you think it was because Pharaoh was such a godly person? Such a good Christian before they even existed? before we existed? No. And yet, God sent dreams to Pharaoh. It is amazing. God sent dreams to pagans who, didn't, who did not even know God's name. Balaam never did repent and follow God, but that did not stop God from sending him a dream. On the day of Pentecost, what was it God said? God 
will give old men dreams and young men visions. And women too, ladies, you're not exempt from this. God is no respecter of persons. And God will do it throughout the ages and for the rest of the ages. In a dream, God showed Jacob what we call Jacob's ladder. Heaven coming down, people going up. A life shared with God in the heavenly places. The Lord spoke to another Joseph in a dream and told this Joseph not to divorce Mary. It was also in a dream to this same Joseph where God said, get your baby, get your wife, flee to Egypt. It was in a dream that God stopped Paul from going to Asia Minor and instead sent him to Macedonia. The Gentile world. Us. The wise men were given signs and wonders and scriptures and dreams. They weren't Christians or anything close to it. They were not the people of Almighty God. They were Zoroastrian. God sent them dreams anyway. And they were warned in a dream to go home a different way. Now, can you imagine being Ananias? Maybe that name is not familiar, but most Christians back then were scared to death of Paul. And they had good reason not to trust him. He liked to kill Christians. Is that someone you want to hang out with? Is that someone you're eager to visit? And say, hi, Paul. I'm here to tell you I'm a Christian. That was the position Ananias was in. God came to him in a dream and said, I want you to go to this house and I want you to receive Paul. Do you think he woke up and told himself, oh good, it was only a dream. I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Which is a scary question. What would have been lost if any of these people had not been open to God's dream? What if Joseph had put Mary away, as the Bible says, had divorced her? What if any of these people said no to God's dream? Solomon's heart was set on God's dream. Even when he prayed, Solomon did not pray for what he wanted, but instead prayed for what God wanted. Solomon's heart was set on God's dream. God gave Solomon the biggest blank check of all time. 
Maybe Solomon was worthy. I'd be scared to death of this blank check, frankly. Ask whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And that's God speaking. Ask whatever you want, and I will give it to you. Try to answer that question, and you will figure out very quickly whether your prayers are big enough or not. What would you ask for? Unimaginable wealth? Superpowers? The ability to see the future? World peace? What would you have asked God to give you? You see, it's not really a hypothetical question, is it? We are a praying people. We do ask God for things. So what do we ask God for when we pray? What do we ask of God? Solomon asked God for wisdom to lead God's people as their king. Solomon asked God for a discerning spirit to tell right from wrong and truth from lie. Solomon chose what would be best for God's people and the great responsibility that would be on his shoulders as king. He pursued God's dream and not his own. And God gave Solomon all that he asked for and the riches and the prestige that he did not ask for. He pursued God's dream. Why do you sing in the choir? Or lead it? Or play for it? Why do you do any of that? Why do you light the candles in church? Why do you bring that sweet little girl to church so she can light the candles? Why do you come here on Sunday? Why do you try to be the best spouse you can be or the best single or the best single again you can be? Or the best employee, dependable in all your work? As if you are signing God's name to every work you do and every conversation you have. Because you are signing, and I am signing God's name to every work and to every word. When we live for God's dream. I have good news. You know, sometimes faith is rewarded with wisdom and riches and reputation. Sometimes the Bible shows us clearly faith is rewarded with a fiery furnace and a lion's den. But here's the good news. Whichever it is, whatever it is, the Lord God is with us. And I can't think of any better news than that. God is still on the throne. Amen.